Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Living. Today we're going to talk about pretending. It's such an odd topic to even come up for me to want to start talking about. But we are going to talk about all the ways that we show up in our lives pretending that we know what we're doing. And I think you can probably already relate. Uh, I have a guest today. My guest is my friend and blogger, writer, and coach, Julie Guthrie. Julie helps down-to-earth women and men rediscover their dreams so they can stop feeling stuck and start living a more adventurous life. She's enjoyed the success of high-paying jobs, ticked off items on her bucket list, and been on the type of adventures that would make you swoon. She's also struggled through relationship woes, divorce, grieved over the hurt of being childless, and made countless decisions that have moved her further from her dreams. Through it all, she's learned incredible lessons. One being prioritizing your dreams is absolutely not selfish. It's necessary for living an abundant life. Julie, I am so excited to have you join me on the show today to just have this conversation about how you and I have been showing up in life, pretending we know what the hell we're doing. So welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's fun to be here. And I just, as you were doing your intro, I just thought, you know, today's Halloween and we're talking about pretending. <laughs> like, how many people are dressed up in costumes today? Like, being your favorite person or action figure or oh my god right I mean everyone is pretending today we are so pretending about another life right right on (laughs) so I know that you and I um got to chat about this just briefly this week in our um bi-monthly conversations that you and I have on growth and everything around growth. And so I'm just going to start a little bit with what sparked this for me. And again, I'm just thrilled that you're joining me because it's so fun to have this conversation with someone that you trust and someone that you can really dig in to the conversation with. And it also sparks pieces of you that you may not see in yourself. So again, thank you, Darlene, for joining. (laughs) Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. So when I... Let's see, I think it started um, a couple of weeks ago. I was having um, a date night with my husband, and I had really been thinking about different, the different purposes of why I, was, why I am here on the planet. And so I don't think I shared this piece with you, but this was the, one of the overall themes that brought me to pretending. And so I... I keep getting the feeling and as I even think of this I get really emotional and goosebumps so one of the things I'm here to do which we are all here to do is just be love and give love and send love another purpose that I am here to do is to do some generational healing and if you don't know what that is you know throughout generations we have these patterns that we all carry and until one person in one of the generations wakes up and says, oh, my God, all the women in this family 
have been carrying this pattern around until one of us decides that this pattern is done and is no longer serving, the pattern will continue down through generations. And so I think, I don't even think, I know one of the purposes that I'm here is to heal a bunch of generational patterns through the women in my life. And that brings me to the pattern of pretending. And so each time I have a piece of me that is ready to heal or a pattern or a belief that is no longer serving me and I realize, why, I, why have I been doing this pattern for so long? Well, then I immediately look to my mother, who has been the greatest source of teaching for me, whether she knows it or not. <laughs> she has just <laughs> been such a great source because she has willingly brought all of these patterns that she had in her life forward and is just willing to look at them and go, holy cow, oh, I so used to do that. And I can't even believe I did that. My mother used to do that. And so when I realized that I had been pretending, I looked back to my mom because I thought, well, I've learned it somewhere. It's a learned habit to not know what we're doing, to fake it till we make it. And so where did I learn this? Well, of course, a parent. And so I realized that my mom was probably pretending, as was her mom probably pretending, because my mom grew up in a family of nine children. And so all her mom knew what to do was to, you know, make, they lived on a farm. And so with nine children, you make the dinners, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You do the laundry. You take care of the house. I mean, being emotionally available probably wasn't even in her hat. And so that was passed down to my mom. And I think it's so easy when we have, you know, small children, it's so easy to be available and emotionally available and, you know, ooey gooey and lovey dovey with a really small baby. Then your children start to grow up and need you emotionally. And there's this void. If we really haven't been taught how to emotionally connect to ourselves and to identify our true feelings, that connection really isn't there. And so at some point you shift and start pretending like I, I, I know how to be mad and I need to be mad and I, Oh, I'm so sad. And I need to be sad. Not saying that we aren't emotionally connected to ourselves, but I think on a deeper level, I wasn't because my mom then had four children and was just so busy in the daily lives of taking care of the responsibilities and the logistics of having four children and making our food and our clothes and our laundry and taking care of the house and volunteering. And so I don't think I was taught to emotionally connect to myself. My mom didn't teach me. I don't think my mom realized how to do that within herself. She wasn't taught by her mom. And so it led me to believe with this conversation with my husband date night, no less, <laughs> but I was pretending. I said, you know, I think I've been pretending until several years ago how to be a mom. Like I was allowing society to tell me what to do. Like I would look at other people. Oh, that's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, this is how you're supposed to parent. Oh my God, I should be so mad at my kids right now because 
you know, X, Y, and Z just happened, and I just need to bring the hammer down. And so it's occurred to me that I have been pretending for them and pretending within myself on how to be me, on how to be a parent. Can you relate to this, Julie? Can you relate to any of this pretending piece? Oh, there's been, I think like what, what you're, what you said about should and sort of our patterns of, you know, what our parents do. And I'm sorry if you can hear my dog at all. Um, and what our parents do. And um, I, I think that's a huge thing because I had sort of that, I need to do this. I should do this. This is what we do. You, I mean, on a big scale for me, it's sort of get married, have kids that's the way to go. And that didn't happen for me. So then I think I had this need for inclusion and we're like, where do I sit in now? What do I do? So there's been so many times where it's like, I've um, gone to a job or think I needed a certain title or a certain type of job. And I go there and I feel like I'm just so out of sorts. Like, this is just not who I am. I'm wearing a suit and I'm wearing heels and I'm, doing a job I don't like because I feel like I should, because this is what I do. Like I should grow up and be successful and do this. And it's just not, not being genuine to who I am at all. But I don't even think I really knew (laughs) exactly who that person was. You know, it's like we, we had to go. I think we've both been through that where we're doing these things, but it's like, what do we really want to be doing? Who really are we? And what really feels, and resonates with us. Um, so it's like this whole discovery. And then you, I kind of, I think more reflecting back is when I'm able to see the times when I thought, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking doing that? That's so not me. I was so out of right. my element, but I didn't even really realize it when I was going through it. It's just various things didn't work out. And they obviously didn't work out because I was pretending <laughs> to kind of fit in or feel like I, I was going to do this thing. And it just had really nothing to do with who I really was. And I feel like, so as you were growing up as well, can you look back and pinpoint, like, were you taught to really feel emotionally encouraged to, you know, look within to figure out who am I? Or is it, has it been just since you are an adult that you are emotionally connecting within? I think it's more, um, yeah, definitely more as an adult. And I think it's um, that I'm very much a people pleaser, but I saw that definitely, you know, in my mother, she always put others first. And I certainly don't begrudge her for that at all. I mean, I think it's, um, I certainly reap the benefits of that in so many ways. But that's kind of, I, I sort of had this idea, this is what we do. So and this is the way life works out. You do this and then you move to the next stage and then you have a family and then I'm going to be super wife and, you know, super mom. And I will do all these things for my family. And it's sort of just, um, I didn't really think about me a lot. Mm. Um, really. I was just kind of trying to hit the steps that I was supposed to hit along the right path. Yeah, like checking off the block. Oh, it completely makes sense. Like, okay, I've done this. Okay, check. What's next? Yeah. 
And, you know, throughout um, my career as uh, coaching, I have had the incredible fortune to coach several women who, through their digging deep within themselves, realize after having children and saying this, they loved their children so deeply, but they realized it wasn't even part of what they wanted to do. It was simply because they thought that's what they were supposed to be doing. Society told them that's what they were supposed to be doing. And they realized, I'm sure they would probably identify with you and I, that they were completely pretending. And it was so interesting, the rifts that by pretending this is the life that they were supposed to be leading, by having children, the rifts that it caused within themselves, health-wise, within their marriage, because it really wasn't what they wanted to be doing. Like, they didn't want to have children. And again, they absolutely loved their children, but it wasn't what they really wanted to do. And so they, too, were pretending, which makes me wonder, like, how many of us are just almost blindly, robotically zombified going through our lives, you know, pretending, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's, it's almost been opposite for me where I, I made so many choices in the pursuit of, I got to have a family, got to have a family. Um, and when that was not something that became part of my, part of my life, it just, all of a sudden it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with myself now? I, mm-hmm. I've i been doing this the whole time. Um, so it, that's what really sparked my, you know, that's when I started to really go, okay, who am I? What do I really want? Maybe this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing anyway. There's something different for me. Um, but I can see how I just, you know, I guess even when you really look at it, I even in relationships, Um, I was in such pursuit of family where I was maybe in relationships that were really not for me, but I was just saying, oh, well, it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to change this person or things are going to get better. So it is sort of like pretending to be really happy in this relationship, pretending that it's like something more than it, than it is because you have this idea that there's, um, you know, an end game which would be family and kids. And so this is how it's all going to be. So it's almost like it was living in a bit of a, through rose colored glasses like this. This is what I do. If I, if I behave this way and I do these things, then this relationship's going to work out and then I'm going to have kids and this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so as you were talking as well, I thought, okay, What's the flip side of pretending? Because we pretend for a reason, right? So we pretend because we know no other way. And so the other side of pretending is that, holy shit, we have to look at our life. (laughs) I mean, we really have to look at, yeah, what's going on that if up until now or up until whatever point that it is that we decide, I have no idea what this life is all about, what I've been doing. I don't even know how to be a parent. I don't know, you know, whatever piece it is in our life that we have pretending about, that we've been pretending about. The flip side of pretending is that you have to figure your shit out. I mean, you really have to decide, okay, so now what? (laughs) I mean, let's face it, that can be scary. 
I mean, for real, that can be so scary because you wake up at some point and realize, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know what this is. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it, it totally is. Like I'm one example that really comes to mind and was, um, you know, faith and you know Christianity religion all that kind of stuff that's one big piece you know I went to church growing up because our parents went I was raised in a Catholic church and you go to church and this is what you do as a Catholic every Sunday you go mm-hmm. and then when I got out on my own it's like I should still go to church this is who I am this is what we do even though I, I know that oftentimes I didn't feel like I was getting much out of it or I had so many questions and doubts, but I just kept going because that's what you do to be a good person and that's what you do to be <laughs> someone of faith. And it always seemed like there was some connotation that there's, that's the better way and that's the better path. And then fast forward and, you know, even with my husband now going to church and going, you know, thinking, Somehow that because I've made mistakes in my past and because I've got these things that um, I don't feel really great about, but if I go to church and I get involved, I'm going to, I'm going to be better and I'm going to feel better, but all the while and doing, you know, a Bible study and this sort of thing. And I have nothing against any of that, really. It's like whatever works for you, but it didn't work for me. And I would go to these things and I thought, I'm not even being who I really am. I'm refraining my opi- from, from saying my opinions out loud. I'm fearful of how they're going to be um, received and then how I'll be perceived by um, It really started to feel that it's one big area where I thought I'm, I'm pretending to be someone that's really into this and I'm just really not because I feel like that's, that is what I should be doing. And that makes me a better person. And so then when you start saying, you know, I'm really not getting into this. This really isn't who I am. And when I, you finally have the courage to say, this doesn't feel right to me. I I don't really want to do this. Then there's always the potential fallout. Like what's going to happen now if you speak up? What happens um, to those around you who have always seen you to be this way and now you're saying, you know, it doesn't fit me anymore. I'm, I'm interested in other things or I finally realized this isn't exactly what I'm, what I'm believing in or what I'm, and it's not that I don't have faith, but like you and I have talked, you know, before about that's a whole nother subject, right? Faith, spirituality, <laughs> Christianity, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's one big place where I thought, I'm trying to be like these people around me and agree with these people around me, but it's not, it's not genuine. I'm being somebody that I'm not. Yeah. Um, like not congruent with your current life. Right. Yeah. And just not feeling like a, knowing that I'm agreeing to things that I don't really agree with, but for the mm-hmm. sake of inclusion and the sake of, you know, I, and in, in a way, yeah, just pretending to be this, great little, you know, interested Mm -hmm. in the Bible and um, seriously aware person. And I just wasn't at all. (laughs) Well, and I can relate to that as well, because I will, 
I don't think ever forget the day we grew up Catholic as well. And when I went to, this is when um, I started waking up to myself and I was in therapy and I realized that saying that religion wasn't working for me and I didn't feel like I was myself in it and I needed to stop so that I could continue unfolding the person that I was becoming and so that I could continue to unfold all these other pieces because it felt to me, I felt confined within the confines, I guess, the structures of religion. And so I will never forget the day that I went to my husband and I said, I'm, I'm not going to church tomorrow. I'm just letting you know. And I felt like I was going to vomit. <laughs> just having to say that because it was me stopping the pretending. And you're right. You have to, it was almost like mustering up the courage for those little bitty words. I'm not going yeah. to church tomorrow. I mean, it was like, you know, this little meek part of me that had to say those, what, five words. And he was also on the cusp of changing and shifting and becoming aware of his own person, but it wasn't on the fast track like I was. And so, oh God, there was such fallout, you know, and he was just in such disbelief and I'm giggling because we can both giggle at it now. It was huge, but not at the same time. And so, but it's very much part of the fallout of stopping the pretending because then you have to address and look at all the ways in your life that this is being affected. Like how many other areas are we pretending? You know, one of the things that I, when I was you know, sitting down making some notes last night about the show today, I thought, God, this is awesome for me because I'm doing my own healing on the show. So <laughs> what a <laughs> bonus. And so what other areas in my life have I been pretending that I am currently, you know, working on or aware that these pieces aren't working? Hello, it's been my finances because I'm currently um, taking a seven-week course on finances and personal abundance, per, uh, personal finances and abundance. That's what it is. And so it's so interesting because it looks at so many levels and areas of our life, not just finances, but in personal abundance. And again, as always, as, as, as we all learn through therapy or any good kind of coaching, everything leads back to childhood. And so I had learned through childhood because we were, I had blogged about this, gosh, several weeks ago, that we hardly had any money growing up. And so I had so many different, oh, gosh, beliefs, patterns, hangups around money, that coming into adulthood, that was another area of my life that I was just pretending in. I pretended like I knew what to do with money, yet I still had all these beliefs from growing up in a poor family that, and Catholic, that, you know, we were, <laughs> I don't remember if I was blogging about this or if I was just making my own notes, but literally raised in a Catholic family and a Catholic school. And again, like you had said, I have nothing against organized religion. It's just something that isn't working for me. But I was raised with nuns and priests who have taken a vow of poverty. And so that's what surrounded me continuously. And so the abundance of money and wealth wasn't really looked on favorably unless you were going to give it to the church or unless, you know, you were doing something really grand and giving away half of what you earned. And so I thought, oh my God, like I had all of these different patterns of beliefs around money 
that I've been pretending around, like pretending I knew how to take care of my finances, when in reality, I don't. I, I haven't known really what to do with my finances and my money. Yeah, isn't that mm. funny? It's like something so basic. And then when you start to <laughs> kind of dig into yourself and into your life, you're like, huh, money. Like you, it's just <laughs> always there. And you, who would think, right? Yeah. But that would be an area where, well, and I think that's, you know, this all comes together. It's like, here, it's going back to, you know, initially you're, talking about patterns set out by family and, you know, your mother and these sorts of things. And it's the same with all these other aspects, right? I mean, we, we grow up with this sort of religion in our life. We grow up with these sort of, you know, money issues, you know, or what we're supposed to do with it or how we view it or how we're supposed to talk about it. And you do just fall into these like and behaviors that are just, you know, then one day you go, this doesn't even, this isn't even what I'm about. But then you feel mm-hmm. like you're so off of everyone around you or that you're some sort of, you know, anomaly or you have all these strange thoughts about things all of a sudden, like you're the only one who feels differently about it, or you're the only one in your immediate circle that is, you know, going outside the box a little bit. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of tough to even if you feel a little bit of that pretending like I'm pretending this doesn't feel right. It takes a while for you to finally be okay with it and say, okay, I am. And this is not how I want to be. And this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It really does. It takes a while. Yes. There is that process. And I am learning patience through this lifetime. And so <laughs> the process for me is, okay, I've seen that I want it. Okay. Let's change it today. But really, it's almost like this integration process of integrating what you've realized isn't working, what you realize you've pretending, been pretending about, sitting with it, with the realization, kind of peeling back the layers of where it all came from. This whole process is an integration process of just allowing it all to come. And then you can, like, be vocal about it and speak up about it. It almost doesn't happen, you know, within the snap of a finger, it, like you said, it is that integration process. And it's, I think a lot of it, I loved how you just talked about being an anomaly because I felt like part of the reason I wanted to start this show was because I felt like an anomaly as well a lot of times. You know, I think there is a particular lifestyle in society that people lead. And when you're outside of the box, you are that anomaly. You are that person who is kind of away from everybody else who is standing, you know, a mile away from that box that everybody else is in. And there's some people that are out there, but the majority of the people are on the other side. And so when you are that anomaly, interestingly enough, however, people do look at you and think, oh, that's kind of interesting over there. What's going on over there? (laughs) And so I wanted to touch on the social aspect as well of pretending. I think there is such, especially with social media, oh my gosh, it is a blessing and a curse simultaneously because as we all know on social media, everything is perfect, right? Shit never hits the fan on social media. And so I think we have this false pretense that everyone else has got it together and we're the only one who doesn't. And so 
I hate that aspect of social media. As much as I love social media, I hate the aspect that we all think that everyone else has it together and we're the only one that doesn't. And so that was also another key point of why I wanted to chat today was because I feel like we can all identify with, with the piece of pretending because we don't see that part on social media. We don't see that part that everyone else maybe doesn't know what they're doing in some part of their life. But then there's also this um, pressure from society to keep up, to keep at a certain standard, to keep at a certain level, to continue at a certain pace, to just keep pretending. It takes us and a sense of courage to step off that treadmill, to stop pretending. And like we have just touched on, that can be some scary business. It can. I mean, I can remember, there's even simple things. You know, I touched on work, um, you know, jobs that I've had, and I've had a number of them. You know, we've moved around a lot, and I've had a number of them. I've tried on a lot of different hats. But at the end of the day, like, I always thought, like, we should one work and be successful and make more money and have the title and do all those things. But when I say, as someone who was like the people and loved to get good grades all through college and graduate school and all that stuff, at the end of the day, I don't want to have the big job. I don't want to have the big title. I don't want to work 80 hours a week, 60 hours a week, even 50 hours a week for someone else. I really don't want to do that. And I will compromise other pieces of life or, you know, minimize other pieces of life in order for me not to do that. And somehow that just sometimes people think, well, that doesn't make sense. Everybody works or that Mm -hmm. you're settling or that you're lazy or that, um, I don't know that you just don't drive. Um, and that's just not it at all. So that's kind of that I'm sort of pretending I really want to do these things in life. And I'm looking at other people be successful or people you went to high school with or college. And I think that's just not what I want to do at all. Mm-hmm. So then it like starts, what do I really want to do? And then when you tell people what you really want to do, like what you and I are on our path of trying <laughs> to accomplish, it's right. just like, well, what is that? I don't get it. Well, well, how is that ever going to provide? Well, what is this all about? And so mm-hmm. you really you really have to be at a place where you're, and I certainly have only gotten to this place in the last couple of years where I feel strong enough to say, no, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of like society, when you talk about social media, it's like, yeah, you know, the whole your tribe you will people will fall off you will lose interest people will lose interest but will you also find other people that are willing to be to say man I've really done some things that oh I needed work Ooh, I needed to look back and say that was not the best thing for me but wow look what I learned so I think it's like that ability to put yourself out there and say this is not who I am I'm not going to portray that this is what I want or this is what I'm going to do because it's just genuinely not who I am but it's, and I, you know, it's hard to get to that point where you can stand firm in that and not worry about what anyone else is going to think <laughs> it is especially if you have 
grown up and gone through, you know, a portion of your adult life, if not half of your adult life, being someone that others expected you to be because that tribe of the people that expect you to be a certain person are still around you. And so when you begin to make that shift, people don't know how to, how to react to you stepping out of the box and they don't know how to react to, you know, maybe your new opinions or that you don't have the same opinions that you used to have or your, your whole entire personality begins to shift. And I remember when I started to make my shifts and stop being the person that I thought everyone wanted me to be or that I thought the person that I was supposed to be, like you have said, I remembered my friend group started to shift. And that was a really big eye-opener for me because I thought, oh, my God, well, of course everyone wants me to be happy. Like, of course my group of my, my tribe wants me to be the real me. Like, they don't want me to be fake anymore. But in actuality, they weren't on the same boat as me. They weren't on that same wavelength of self-help and, and awakening and they just weren't even there. And it wasn't their time. I don't know if it will ever be their time or their journey. It just was, it was my journey and it wasn't theirs. And so they were, it was rocking their boat. You know, these different things that I started looking inward and realizing that I was no longer willing to keep up face, you know, to keep up this pretending. And at the time I didn't realize that I just knew that I needed to make these shifts. It was such an eye opener. And it was really I remember it was really hurting my feelings that my friends weren't supportive of this new journey of me. But as I lost friends, and it wasn't like, okay, we're not being friends today. That's it. We're done. It was, it was more organic. It just kind of, I would realize, oh, I haven't talked to that person in like over a week. That's really weird. Or it would be like, you know, two weeks or a month would go on. And I thought, oh, we haven't even connected well, you know, and then I would think, oh, that's okay. I don't really want to connect with that person because uh, for whatever the ran- whatever the reasons were. Um, and so they just kind of, we would kind of fall away from each other. But as we were falling away from each other, new people were entering my life because my vibration was raising. And I was attracting a new level of friends that were supporting my journey. And then it was interesting because as I would continue on my journey, those friends would kind of fall away because then I would get step another step and then maybe other friends would come in and other friends would fall away. So as I continued this really, I don't want to say it was a fast track, but it was like a, a, a really continual thing of, of like five to seven years of self growth. Like I was really on a mission. I didn't say I was on a mission. I just looking back on, wow, that was like an intense five to seven years of self growth. I just kept like up leveling and up shifting and, learning and learning and my friend group changed dramatically and like you being in the military you're moving every couple of years so that forced a different friend group and interestingly I would the friend group that I would have searched out prior to this entire shift and awakening that friend group wasn't even the people that I was looking for at a new place that we would move you know and I would look for a different group of people And so I think what I wanted to say on that piece was advice to people who are making their own shifts in their lives is that your friend group will change. 
they will either love it or hate it because you're going to start probably tripping some triggers in their own life that they may or may not be willing to look at. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, like come across somebody here and that I work with and six months my little tidbits and I ran into this person and I always saw this person as, wow, she's so just calm and grounded. Like what has she done? Well, she's been on this path for so long and I feel like, you know, if you're into the whole energies and levels and that sort of thing, like she's up at, she's up just a level. I mean, she's vibrating at a higher place mm-hmm. and you can tell, and it's like, what are you doing? Well, I started to see a lot of the things I was learning. She had already been through. And so we fed off each other. And just this last weekend, you know, she took me to one of her um, retreats for, from somebody that really kind of helped her along her path. And so you do, you find more people and then you realize that some people it's harder to relate to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe that aren't in this sort of place because, and it doesn't, it's not any, anyone's better than the other or, or any Mm -hmm. of that. It's not, it's not that at all. Um, It's just that it becomes so much a part of who you are. I feel like you draw in others that are on this, in this place. And others will just fall away because it's just beyond what they, they can really grasp or it's like mm-hmm. too woo woo or it's um, just in general, they're just, well, we used to, you know, even friends. I mean, I think back to friends that maybe that I used to hang out with, well, we just don't have anything in common anymore. We're just drifting in different directions. Um, and so, yeah, you do start to make some boundaries about the type of, you've had sort of thing who I am this is the path I'm choosing and you once you hold that space you kind of start to put some boundaries down where you're really not willing to you you know you're not going to step back and go back to where you were so you start to put some boundaries down and I think that sometimes closes some people off but it allows people other people in too you know it kind of you bring people in but you also have to hold your your space and say no you're not maybe fostering my growth and you're maybe not, uh, you know, it just doesn't serve us to have a, this type of a relationship anymore because we're not, I'm not growing. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not staying my path. Um, yeah, so. I totally relate. No, I can totally relate because I, as you were talking as well, when I started to make changes, looking back, I had a really big friend group. So I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't selective, but I wasn't as particular, I guess, as I am now. And again, like you said, it's neither bad nor good. Everyone is on their own personal journey, right? And we will all ebb and flow with our friend group. It's normal. I think it's completely normal and completely healthy that we ebb and flow with our friend group. But looking back, I had such a wide variety of friends, and now I can honestly tell you I can count on both hands maybe one hand even, the close friends that I choose. And it's not that I don't see a lot of people or will interact with a lot of people, but that really big friend group has come down to a very few select people that support me, that help lift me up, that make me feel good, that I love and support and will lift up. And so when we start making those shifts and 
stop pretending that we love everybody, <laughs> then yeah. I think our friend group becomes that selective group or that inner circle maybe even, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get to stop pretending that we're everybody's friend and that we have that core group of loves that we hold totally dear that support us and, and are on that same journey with us and that hold us up or hold our hand, whatever it is that we need. Yeah, I feel like that is another piece of advice that we can give people that are going to stop pretending. Yeah, it's okay to say no to things, and it's okay to say no to people sometimes because it doesn't mean you don't appreciate who they are or what they do or, you know, you don't acknowledge that they're a great person. But, I mean, it's okay to, you know, say no to things. And, you know, you have one life and you have so much time and, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to spend it doing things that, you know, are authentic to you and, you know, that serve you on your path and that help you, you know, keep going forward in it. So Mm -hmm. I kind of laugh. It it makes me think of um, sometimes when I'm on a, not even a rant, but I kind of think, you know, when I used to go to church sometimes or you'd see people after or just out and about, you know, you see somebody and they say, oh, we should get together sometimes. And then you, you know, they, take your number and then you see him through and say we should get together sometime and after about three or four times you think can we just call this whole thing off right we're probably never going to get together you probably have friends that you know you're going to hang out with and I have like we don't need to do this song and dance but there's almost this need like we have to do that to be polite or something right and again that sort of it just kind of really when you Maybe pretending doesn't seem like the best word for some people, but it kind of is like pretending you want to be sociable, pretending you want to be friends, pretending, you know, that we need to socialize in order to feel like we're neighborly or um, part of a community. And you Mm -hmm. really can't say no. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there's days I think I don't. And I've heard, you know, even in all my moves, well, you should go out and make some friends or you should join this club or something to meet more people. I'm like, no, I shouldn't because I may not want to go every Wednesday night at five. And then I have to do all the small talk with people that, you know, and it makes me seem like a curmudgeon or that I'm unfriendly or something. And it's not at all. It's just, again, it's sort of about, I'm kind of drawing a line in the sand about who I am and where I'm going and what I want to do. and there's so much time and so much, you know, there's a lot of action items I've, I've going on. And so it kind of feels like you need to hold space for what truly is in line with, with that, who you are, what you want to do, how do you want to spend your time and just be okay saying, you know, that's, and I think there's another piece to it where it's like, well, I should be really good at that or I'm a failure. Like, I should go be, um, I don't know. I need to take guitar lessons because everybody needs to know it'd be cool to play the guitar. Well, if you never want to go to your lessons, I mean, it's okay to say, that's just not what I want to spend my time on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just pretending to be, you know what, because all of your friends play guitar, you have to do it. You know, it's like that, that's a whole mm-hmm. other aspect of you can kind of pretend you want to do this, but, and then, 
you really don't. You just want to, you just think you do, <laughs> but you really yeah, I love okay to say no. <laughs> right. And thank you for bringing that aspect into this because yeah, I feel like that's probably another thing that a lot of us aren't given a gift of saying no. Like we are almost societally conditioned to say yes. Like, Oh my God. Okay. I'll do it. You know, and really, I mean, what the hell? I don't want to do that. And so I love that you said there's only so much time. I don't remember your words, but paraphrasing, there's only so much time that we have on this planet in this lifetime. And so we get to choose what we say yes to and what we say no to. And I think it's when we are more strong in ourselves, when we stop pretending who we are and start realizing the journey that we're really on and the person that we really are is when that strength comes to say no and to be okay saying no and to just stand in that, oh, uh-uh, no, Versus, I could, I can use. This is what I used to do. No, I'm not because, oh, I've got, you know, and then my long, my laundry list of why I couldn't do yeah. it. I mean, do you so see the difference? <laughs> right, like you have to justify it because it's bad if you say no. Yeah, yeah, and I even as women, I mean, men say no. End of story. No. I mean, and there, there it is. Drop the mic. Women have to say no, and it's like. Oh God, no! I I just can't. I've got so many other things to do, and I la 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 la. And so, I have learned. I'm still learning because there's still part of me that goes like, Oh God, I can't today because I. And I'm just like, Oh my God, Tara, really? The whining <laughs> needs to stop. It's just no. That's just what needs to come out. It's just the no. And again, like you and I talk all the time, it's just that learning piece of that strength within yourself of saying no. And being okay with that no and not needing to give any explanation. And it's so freeing when that happens because it's almost like you within internally go, Jeez Louise, did I just say no? And not say anything else. <laughs> I know, but it's almost like I realize now that I do say no, the the I don't know, the the idea that there's like pain in saying no, but what's worse? How many times have I gone to something where I think, oh, I don't really want to go. So you get cleaned up and you get dressed and you go to this place and you say hi to everybody. But deep down, you're almost like saying it through a gritting teeth sort of face. And you're trying to be friendly, but you're thinking like, how long do I have to stay or how many more, you know, how long before I can go? So you're really not even present and you're really not even enjoying yourself. So really that's kind of painful to have to go do that and pretend you're having a good time and pretend you really wanted to show up when you really didn't want to go at all. So it's almost doing that, you know, those on the receiving end of that, a a disservice too. So it's almost like for the betterment of all, I'm just going to say no, because otherwise I'm going to do this begrudgingly. And I may even not even be open to whatever that particular activity or event or or whatever crowd you might be exposed to, it's not going to be a good experience for anyone. Because it's like right. you're bringing kind of your negative energy. Well, you're not right bringing your energy. with you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I, go ahead. No, I just, it's, so I know so many times I've done that where I'm like, oh, I just don't want to go. And I'm like practically stomping my feet out to the car. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I mean, and that's when you really don't want. There's times when you're just tired and you think, oh, then you go and you have a great time. But we kind of know when we really want to go or, or we don't want to go or we really want to do something or we don't want to do something. So mm-hmm. it is kind of getting over that and then the reaction. Well, why not? Why don't you want to go? Um, just because I don't. Simple mm-hmm. as that. You owe nobody an explanation. <laughs> and you I know, think and that's what it is, is like ownership of who you are and it is a work in progress for me too but I've come leaps and bounds from where I used to be so Miss, far baby yes. yes ma'am yes ma'am yes I'll go yes I'll do that yes I'll <laughs> and I was the one then throwing a fit like hey, I don't really want to go right and you know I have to give my husband kudos because he is really good at being an example of saying no and then literally there is dead silence. <laughs> You're left going, oh, so that's a no then. <laughs> and so, I mean, he will, you know, waver here and there. But most of the time, if he's firm in his no, it's a no. And it's not even delivered begrudgingly because he's strong in that sense of, huh, no, I don't want to go. Or it's even just a no thanks. No, no thanks. And then it's well, a story. It. And then you're kind of left with, your own shit, right? It's not his stuff. It's your own stuff. When he says no and doesn't say anything else, it's like, oh, no, no, thanks. Or, I, I, no, I don't want to go. And then he offers no other explanation because there isn't anything needed behind that no. You're left with your stuff, not his. Yeah, and isn't that funny? It, it is that flip side. So as we talk about, we don't want to pretend to be something we're not. And we want to be able to express our nose and put up our boundaries. But when other people, but I, I mean, I love the one side of that is, you know, if I were to ask you a question and you said no, I would be like, okay, we have to then not take it personally. We have to then honor that that person is coming from their genuine place and that's who they are. Then there is on the flip side of that, you know, you, you got to deal with, accepting other people are in that way, but at least you know where you stand. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like if somebody said, no, that's not for me. Like in, even in the case when we talk about our personal growth, if somebody says, yeah, that stuff you're into is just not, that is just, I don't know what, what that is, but I want no part of it. Okay. That's okay. You don't have to be mm-hmm. part of it. And we just see where the chips fall. You know, is that person going to stay? around maybe they'll drift away and we have to be willing to accept that too so as much as we say no we have to accept no's on the other side and not wonder well gosh they didn't want to go with me well now I'm hurt we can't be hurt if they're being authentic and they don't want to go then we have to say okay I get it next (laughs) you know right yeah it's one of it is um, it works both ways yeah it's one of the four uh what is it four something the four rules I can't even think of it right now but not, don't take it personally I mean literally don't take it personally so yeah. everyone else has their reasons and end of story we don't need to know their reasons I wanted to touch on when you had said about um, needing to rest or something like that I wanted to touch on that real quick and gosh our time is getting we've only got 10 minutes I know <laughs> Went fast. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it's been so interesting for me because as much as I um, want to put myself out into the world and blog, and you could probably relate to this, to be a blogger and to put myself out on the radio, and as much as we have traveled and really been out in the world and out in different countries, the flip side of that for me is that I have realized to be me and to be that person out in the world, I have to allow myself, and I've become okay within the last several years of saying, no, I, I need to be a cocoon. I need to be by myself or just be with my family, nobody else. And so as much as an extrovert as I love to be, I 100% that cherish that part of me that wants to be an introvert. Like I need to cocoon in to be outward. Does that even make sense? Yeah, it does. I always, I try to say, I think extrovert, well, introverted growing up always seemed like it had some negative connotation. Like it meant you mm-hmm. were shy and didn't have confidence or something. Now I think, of, I realize the extroverted introvert scenario where just like you, you, you go out there, but you need to recharge in peace and quiet and have your own time. Mm-hmm. And I, I was not one before to think of alone time. Like I didn't know that I needed it as much as I do and how much I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm good in the solitude. I, I want it. I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you do. I, I totally get that. Like sometimes you just need to, to say, I, I'm not, I don't want to really chit chat. I don't really want to talk. I really just want to be left alone. And yeah. sometimes that doesn't go over very well with people, right? <laughs> and again, it's, it comes back to the pretending to be someone other than you're not. Hmm. Okay, so let's wrap this up. What, what can we give to those listening who have, you know, that we have sparked this light of pretending and they have realized, oh, my God, I think that this applies to me. And so what would you like to say? I'm going to let you go first. What would you like to say to them? And, and as you and I have been talking, I feel like we have given so many examples of real life and how you and I have been pretending and how you can flip that switch and start being internal and start being real. Anything else yeah. that you want to give? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think it was like Eckhart Tolle said something to the effect of like only the truth of who you are if realized will set you free. And I think that's so true when you know who you are. And I think sometimes journaling about that and writing it down, like when do I feel most alive? When do I feel most heavy? You know, almost recognizing those things, you know, if you're waking up in the morning and you're going to work and it's pure dread, or, you know, you, you're just feeling like every day is drudgery, you know, that's probably that, you know, you need to look at is, are you being really true to who you are? Or are you just doing something because you think you should? Are you in that pretend mode? Like, I feel like all the, all the points that kind of cause you like stress and kind of cause you to cringe and feel heavy are points where you probably need to think, "Mm, maybe that's a place to examine. Like, and that's a place to start digging into who am I? Like, do I really like this? Is this really what I want to be doing? Because I think there's something, um, once you start to do that, you start to see all the places where, you know, even like 
I just was this weekend, we were saying, notice what you're noticing. Like if you're noticing that when you get up to go to this group thing, you're sort of like got the ickies or you just want to stay home, that maybe might do why and for whom. Um, and I think just starting to examine those little pieces, a lot will come out and you'll start to see like where you're just pushing and forcing pretending. Mm. Mm. I agree. And I've been so listening to what you're saying. I forgot half of what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so taking in your message. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> what I want to offer is that I remember when I started making the shifts and making the changes. For me, it was little pieces every day. That's what I wanted to offer. It was the little pieces every day that were big pieces for me. And so because I had a really, um, at the time, overbearing husband, same husband, but at the time he was you know, <laughs> overbearing. <laughs> I just want to clarify that. <laughs> but he was um you know, overbearing. And so for me to start using my voice and speaking my piece was scary as shit. And it was almost like this little kid speaking up for the first time. I didn't know what was going to happen by me speaking up and then speaking up to my family internally, because I really rocked the boat for years because I'm the one that kind of started this growth spurt in our family, in my immediate family, in my extended family. And so I was the odd man out for a while. So I can really relate to those who want to start making their own shifts, but everyone around them or no one around them is even on that same bandwagon with them. I had to take it, sometimes I had to take it minute, minute by minute of breathing like taking deep breaths, not hyperventilating, but just <sighs> allow yourself, gosh, we had 90 seconds, allow yourself that minute by minute peace, ground yourself within that minute, and then take the next step. Love yourself and be on this journey. Oh, my God, Julie, we're going to have to do this again because this was just way too fun. <laughs> You can find, I know, right? You can find Julie at julieguthrie.com. She is a fantastic, phenomenal life coach. Look her up, julieguthrie.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, um, what's our other one? Uh, tune in. We will see you next week on Holistic Living. Thank you, Julie. I will. Thanks, Tara. Okay, bye. Bye.